This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Okay, you guys, welcome to whatever episode number this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McGeady. And we are, we are finally, after two summers, we're finally finishing up what we should have finished a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Zanique is back and we are finishing this I Know What You Did Last Summer moment. How are you? I'm fine. I'm back. I'm ready for the sequel. This sequel is wild bananas. (laughs) Insane. Nuts, cockadoo, cockamimi. It like just fucking it is insanity. It is so crazy. <laughs> I loved it. It's so good. I love it so much. I love I realized that like when I was watching this, like it was like, wow, I used to watch the sequel almost when I was younger. I used to watch it almost more than like the original. Mm. So so for me, similar to the first one, I have seen this before but could not remember the plot to it. Which makes sense. <laughs> Which, I mean, I think it's just the brand of this movie, this franchise, but oh my God, no, it was so much fun. Like compared to last time, I took so many notes on that movie. This one, I started to, and I just like stopped at one point and just sat and just like watched in awe. (laughs) Like what is going on? It's like action packed. I mean, it really, I I, like said this a million times when I was recording uh, the screen episode that I did with my friend Jay, but I think the whole point of a sequel, like I follow the rules of Randy. Like, I think that a sequel is supposed to be bigger and it's supposed to have a bigger body count and there should be more blood and it should be a bigger budget and Mm -hmm. they should expand on the story. And I mean, by all accounts, like this movie does all the stuff that I feel like a a horror sequel should do. Yes, it ticks all of the boxes and then some. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Were you really young or were you like older? So I was really young for this and I don't, again, I don't remember much about what I saw. The one thing that stood out to me, and I'm not sure why, is the very ending, is the very end when we discover that Brandy is still alive mm. and she's doing that like limp and right. that part like sent me because I like I'd forgotten all about it until I saw the scene again and just started cracking up because like <laughs> she and Julie start limping towards each other yeah. and it's like, it's like a really like fucked up like Heidi or something like so funny to me you hear Brandy's little voice being like Julie from like the woods yes and she's like covered in like 
cuts and bruises and like palm leaves. Yeah, um, I, I just love like a post slasher movie limp. I don't know what that is, but best. something about just like, oh, like I don't know what my injury is, but like you saw me fall through a glass right? ceiling. So I, I'm not doing well. <laughs> it's so that it's almost like they don't know what the injuries are supposed to be, but it's like, I'm like, is my leg broken? Is my ankle sprained? <laughs> is my hip popped out? Like what's wrong with me? I don't know, but yes. I'm showing you that I went through something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but I know what you did last summer made a real big impact on me as a kid. And I used to watch this one all the time. Cause I was so obsessed with the fact that Brandy was in it. And oh yes. I just think it's really like, it's, it's literally like action packed. Like from the moment the climax of the movie starts, I would say around, I wrote in my notes that for me, this movie gets very real around the time that he locks Julie in the, basically when Julie goes tanning. Yes. It's when Mm -hmm. shit starts to get very much real in this movie. And from that point on, it's like, it doesn't really calm down for the rest of the way. It really doesn't. I think the pace is awesome mm-hmm. after that moment. It's just like one, just, uh, just like one kill after another. It, it actually was just like a wonderful way to up the ante. Cause like we said, with the first one, it reads more like a murder mystery and it's mm-hmm. like not very bloody, not very violent, kind of just, it's more about just like discovering like more like a whodunit. And this one is just like, but also very obvious because from like the onset I'm like I know who the killer is like it's very clear who the killer is right like it couldn't be more clear who the killer is yeah but no you're not here for that like you're here to just see like uh, people just getting murdered in the most creative ways it's wonderful yeah and actually getting murdered mm-hmm. and like not like, you know what I mean not like <laughs> not having two people in the movie die yes um it should also be noted, I feel like uh, it should be stated it's important. Kevin Williamson didn't write this one. So the guy who wrote the first one and who wrote Scream had nothing to do with this one. And you can feel there's a change in tone, but I almost feel like it's it's like a welcomed change for me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I see that. I see that. I think, I mean, like we said, like this one is definitely a, a lot, like the schlock factor is definitely like ramped up. Yeah. <laughs> And the one thing I noticed, especially with the writing too, I think it's, okay, this is like my head canon, but I feel like, you know, studio executive meddling, they decided like, okay, this is the sequel. We have to take them someplace. It has to be like an island destination. This is going to be your setting and you need to write around that. And it's very obvious that they're writing around the fact that they have to get to this point. Right. If you get what I'm saying, it's like the worst kind of writing of like... I know what the destination has to be. So I'm just going to like do everything I need to do to get you there. But it's very obvious. Like, They're like, why don't we say, I mean, we could say that they want a radio show. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. That works. It's like, I guess. Uh- <laughs> like, I wish I was in the writer's room for that. Of like trying to put together the pieces of like, how do we justify them winning this trip? But then mm-hmm. there's no one there. And then like. And that, there's like some voodoo in there like <laughs> right and then it's like like of course like you have to make like they can't have this move this horror movie take place on like a beautiful tropical island it has to be raining of course yeah we so have to make we... like the bahamas terrifying <laughs> exactly so, so let's write in that it's winter 
<laughs> in the Bahamas. It's our winter. Um, I don't know. I just, I, the loopholes are insane, but like, <laughs> I'm almost more forgiving of the loopholes in this movie because it doesn't try so hard to be, that's the other thing. I don't think this movie tries as hard to be so serious. Like the mm-hmm. first one wanted to be very, very serious. And this exactly. one thing does. Well, yeah, I think this one, they finally figured out like what people are looking for when they're seeing these movies. It's not like it, you don't, I mean, again, I love the horror genre. I don't want to like, you know, talk down about it, but this particular type of movie, this type of slasher, it's like, come on, it's, it's summertime. You're like, it's 1998. No, actually this came out in November. Weird. Okay. It's November, you're like 15, you're out with your friends. Maybe it's your first rated R movie. This is the movie you want to see. You don't want to think. You just want to like eat popcorn, totally. drink like a giant like Coca-Cola and just like scream and that's it. Like <laughs> to- 1000%, they figured out the tone. Yeah. They figured out the tone. They figured out the formula of like, this is how you make a, a fun teen oriented slasher movie. And it involves geography trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I will say as far as the setting like I've always thought that the setting was kind of just like random and kooky that they were like like it's I know what you did last summers but Bahamas baby yeah um, <laughs> but like watching it this time I did for the first time in my entire life realize that it was actually kind of cool that mm-hmm. they moved the setting across the world but they still managed to make it like a foggy dock moment like oh yeah you know what mm-hmm. I mean they're still on murky foggy docks somehow which is cool to me yeah absolutely I mean we took Jason to space so yeah <laughs> Julian the Bahamas is not that crazy like why not if Jason can take a cruise across the ocean <laughs> and land in Manhattan like things we can do this um I also just want to start by saying that I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is a better actress than we ever allowed her to be back in the day. Like, yeah, she carries this movie really well to me. And I don't know, like the plot is so unbelievable. And if it weren't her as the final girl, I think this movie would be like, it, it has potential to be horrible. But mm-hmm. I think she does a really good job of carrying this movie. She does. And I think in part, it's because she knows what, what this is. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I know what the people want like she sells it Brandy does like a, a an okay job of like I think she gave me a lot of um Rodgers and Hammerstein's like Cinderella acting but oh yeah, she, yeah. you know she did what she could she's still very charismatic so it, totally. it worked for her totally you can see why she is I mean she, her like her presence is so magnetic just like no matter what mm-hmm. you know she's so charming and like funny and I don't know. I just like, I love her so much. I can't even put it into words. And she's so fucking pretty. She is. Like, I guess I I also, I realized I hadn't seen Brandy at this age in such a long time. Cause I Mm -hmm. also haven't seen Cinderella in forever. Um, I guess I was watching Moesha the other day, but I I think just this particular Brandy where I think it's like, this is after the boy is mine. Like it's like peak Brandy, I feel like. And I realized I really have not seen her in this stage of life in such a long time. And it's like, she's so like fresh face and like- Yeah. Great, like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, I get it. <laughs> she does, she's got she's got moxie, baby. She's just got yeah. it. She's got and it. I, I was realizing when I was watching her this time too, like, 
I was like, wow, Brandy created so many, like Brandy took braids and said, I'll do you one better. And I will introduce the girls to every kind of braid style that has <laughs> ever existed in the history of twisting hair together. Like I will show you girls every possible hairstyle. Oh my God. And these micros were so small. I was like, how, oh my God. How long did she sit in the chair to get that done? How many people were doing her hair at once? <laughs> Do you remember that conversation <laughs> as a kid? Like, I remember hearing my mom talk all the time about like how long it must have taken to do Brandy's hair. Yeah, cause like it's, it's like as someone who braids her hair a lot, I've never gone that small and watching her, I was like, Jesus, like that looks terrible. Like she looks great, but oh my yeah. God. Like that was, that was a whole weekend. Like- Yes, <laughs> tedious and painful. Yes, her poor um, scalp. <laughs> I, also, <clears throat> I also did want to say, be like before we get into anything deep that Jennifer Love Hewitt I'm, I actually meant to say this to you last week mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt plays into the trope of Jennifer Love huge tits <laughs> like every <laughs> I mean can we like really talk like she is always in some sheer top oh sorry I'm so sorry my dog is no you're completely fine I'll do like welcome on this podcast I really okay Awesome. No, someone's coming in to like do work in the apartment. So he's not happy about it. It's like, hey mom, just so you know. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, her like nipples are always iced, rock hard, yes. boobs are jiggling all over the place. They literally look dig- I t- I wrote in my notes that they look like digitally animated boobs. <laughs> like a video game. Like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like they had to figure out how to make them jiggle as much as physically possible with every movement. Yes. I mean, but I don't, hey, you know what? Why not? I don't They're blame amazing. her. Like, she has great boobs. Oh. Also, another person, Brandy's butt. Like, oh my god at one point when they're um when she's doing the tanning scene and she's like working out she walks past and I was like Jesus Christ Brandy mm-hmm. like what but no Dude. I don't I don't blame her like this is working for you like lean into it 1000% she has arguably some of the best boobs I think I've ever seen in Hollywood honestly they're amazing yeah I mean that's really what that whole like what are you waiting for scene is designed for it's like just for totally. her to like jump up and down and like turn around and just like <laughs> well, she's shimmy so the good. best she can <laughs> <laughs> well because she's so good at bouncing them and making it look like nobody moves their body like that but like somehow she makes it okay where she's yeah. like what are you waiting for and she's like bouncing all over the place <laughs> soaking wet just <laughs> dripping wet with nipples hard like i live it was great <laughs> um <laughs> And we get a, a lot of, uh, so I was thinking, well, this must have been when she really was like kicking up the music game, right? Like mm-hmm. you really had decided like, I'm going to try and go for this and. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to try and be a singer and an actor just like Brandy. Because <laughs> <laughs> her music is 
in the movie and she sings in the movie and she's on the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's very clear. Like, see, that's that's another thing. It's like, there are certain notes they had to hit for the script that they write. So like, we have to get Jen, like she needs to be singing in this somehow. How? Okay, mm. let's have a karaoke scene. Like we need to like do these yeah. very specific things that her people <laughs> yeah. have talked to us about. Like we're trying to like <laughs> fucking raise the stakes of her career. But yeah, like it was um, it, 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 just thinking about Jennifer Love Hewitt's like singing career still just is such a weird thing to think about because it's something I have not thought about for a very long time. It's like, oh yeah, yeah that happened. Weird. I know it's such like a, it's such like a weird thing because it's like some people just don't make it doing things that they're really good at. Like she's a great singer mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no reason that she didn't make it as a singer aside from the fact that she just like didn't. Would you say, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pose a theory. I would say it's way easier for a young starlet to start off as a singer and then transition to acting in the other way generally speaking I 1000% agree with that I think we are way more ready to let a young singer be an actress and not the other way I don't know why that is because it's like Mandy Moore like came Mm -hmm. up around the same time but like Mandy Moore is like actually like a successful actress today and I would say more of us more people would think of her as an actress before a singer like now but yeah that's so true I've never really thought about that but it's very true it just popped into my head and I don't have enough um, evidence to support this claim, but <laughs> I, I think there's something there. I think we're willing to see a singer and be like, oh, okay, she's going to try acting. But like an actress singing is like, like, what are you trying to prove? Like, don't you have it all? What yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like more jarring to hear, like, <clears throat> even now it's like, I know Jennifer Love Hewitt can sing. I've listened to Bare Naked mm-hmm. uh, 38,000 times in my lifetime. But even now, like when I hear her sing, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a little bit more jarring Cause it's like, she doesn't do it all the time. So it's like, whoa, like Jennifer Love Hewitt can sing. You know what I mean? It's almost, it's a little, yeah. it, it takes more time to get used to for some reason. Yeah. It's like hearing Gwyneth Paltrow sing. It's like, that's exactly. You I can mean, that's sing. The best but, comparison. But why are you singing? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. What next? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We get it. You sing. Like, yeah. <laughs> You can do everything. You're a bitch. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're a theater kid. We get it. Yeah, like, like <laughs> calm down. Um, and we do get like a really great uh, Freddie Prince Jr. moment where he's like walking and it's like his like his moment where they're like, well, we need like a good photo for like the team beat like fold out. Mm-hmm. So let's get him walking in slow motion, covered in soot and oil. Uh, to how do I be with you playing in the background by Jennifer Love Hewitt. He's like literally for no reason, slow motion, like sexy walking. He reminds me of that um, episode of next top model when they have to like grease up and like, they're like posing on top of cars. That one? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like wind and rain around them. Like it's very it's like, like okay. that. Like, this is weird. <laughs> like he is, I never realized until my adult life how much I did not like Freddie Prince Jr. as a kid like he just he's much better in this movie but I get it's like by the skin of his teeth he is a horrible actor horrible yeah. no charisma no charisma like 
to be the guy who saves the day twice, <laughs> he's pretty like I mean, there's just nothing going on. Nothing going on. I mean, he's very clearly a case of like nepotism. Like yes. And like you're you're passable in the looks department. Because honestly, as I sit here, like I'm like sweaty and disgusting right now. I'm like, <laughs> he's he's like a four best. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I got I know. a giant zit on my face, like, yeah, he's ugly. <laughs> he like defined like he, like defined so many girls like adolescents and we're like, he's okay. Yeah. I mean in our defense, we were also were very young. So, you know, any like semblance of a man, which means there's some leg hair was exciting. Totally. Now that I'm an adult totally. woman, I'm like, yeah, you're okay. <laughs> I love you, Julie. Like this, this man, this man. It also just comes off really awful in this movie, I feel like. Because out the gate when, um, I mean, Julie clearly suffering from PTSD doesn't want to go back home to the town where all of her friends were murdered. He like really takes it personally. And I'm like, what is like, you you were there for this. Why are you so insensitive right now? I don't get it. Isn't it so weird? It's like such a weird thing to write into the movie that he's annoyed that she doesn't want to celebrate the 4th of July (laughs) in their hometown where everybody just died that she knows. All his friends too, by the way. He's like, you're so un-American, Julie. I can't believe you. I know. <laughs> you know He's you, like, you know how Americans died so you can have your freedoms? And she's like, yeah, like my friends. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> so I don't want to go back. <laughs> my friends and like my friend's sister and your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny Galecki, who like I don't didn't really like that much, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if you don't want to spend Fourth of July weekend like celebrating. That means you don't want to spend it with me, Julie. And he like runs away. I was like, ugh, let him go. God, let him go. Fuck Will. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a catch, this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, also from the gate, very confused with Will. Cause like Right. First, I just like first I was like, who the fuck is this? Cause she like is, he's like, oh, you're having those bad dreams again. And I was like, wait, you know about this? Like, <laughs> yeah. wait, how much do you know? And I throughout the movie was just like, wait, so how much does everyone know about what happened to Julie? Because it becomes a big like reveal where she like gives them the full story. And I was like, so did you guys know up until the point where she thought she murdered someone and got away with it? Cause that's you guys are really chill with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like nobody inquired about the remainder or like the rest of the story. Like there are several murders involved like several murders I thought that was very strange yeah his presence in the movie feels so weird it's like they really did just kind of plop him in this movie where they're like we need like a guy and he's so obviously creepy like from the very beginning and as a kid I guess maybe it worked on me Mm -hmm. he's like a nice guy in quotes but like He's extremely creepy and off-putting and obviously the killer from the very start. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty ham-fisted. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, okay, like Will's random in this movie. Um, yeah, it's, his, his presence is not explained well enough to allow for you to not immediately know he's guilty. Yeah. It's like he just is there and just like is somehow like her like emotional support classmate and like she's just that's just the relationship and like but it's been a year like how have you established this deep relationship where you told him all about your trauma 
but like you haven't told like your mom or you know you don't talk to your boyfriend about it really like but this guy this is the guy I'm gonna tell my all my deep dark secrets to yeah and he's like very clearly like obsessed and in love with her but Freddie Prince Jr. is just kind of like fine with it like it's just fine like okay he's like yeah they all start off wanting to be your friend Julie it's like what (laughs) oh yeah the way you're saying Julie too is like triggering something else in my brain I cannot access what (laughs) other movie where someone says the girl's name just like that and I'm gonna remember (laughs) it tonight and be like oh my god it was this I'll text you (laughs) (laughs) we also cannot go any further without talking about the fact that a Jack Black is in this movie okay (laughs) b he used to be this is like before Jack Black was like famous. So he used to be like the token, fat, funny, gross guy. Mm-hmm. And see, this man has a matted dreadlock <laughs> wig on. And he is like, like his character in this movie is, I wrote in my notes that he's all of the weed themes themed items at Spencer's as a character, as a person. Oh my God. Like yes. he is just so cartoonish and inappropriate. It is and kind of racist. So racist. <laughs> like, I'm like, so is he giving you a Rasta accent or does he just slip in and out? Like, it is Colin Hanks times 20. No, it is truly bizarre. It reminded me of um because Philip Seymour Hoffman used to be this before Mm. he became a thing but like in Twister where he's like again kind of like the larger like goofy guy in the group and it's like Mm -hmm. it's truly bizarre seeing him in this movie just like knowing who he becomes and being like what are you doing here (laughs) like what the hell (laughs) it is insane like and apparently he's uncredited in this oh is he yeah, I'm on Wikipedia, and it's like Jack Black as Titus Telesco, uncredited. Like, wow, his people did that. They're like, he's gonna be a star. We can't have like <laughs> that showing up. Anymore. Totally, or yeah, or you know, like even like maybe after he was like, hey, um, I just got cast in School of Rock. Could you guys take me off that uh that movie where I wore a dread wig? We need to fucking bury it. I'm so interested in that, like. <laughs> actors burying movies that embarrass them like um shoot uh that neo ned movie with uh gabrielle union oh yeah that like i only just found out about and i'm like <laughs> yeah. how did no one know about the fact that gabrielle union played a black woman who is in an insane asylum because she thinks she's hitler like what <laughs> like, like my god her people the fixers around her really buried that one. Oh my god i know i was telling uh i was telling my friend hannah on whatever episode we recorded together about the uh the texas chainsaw with um matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger mm-hmm. that they like are st- i think they're still going through court to get their faces off the the poster, like, they're yeah. still fighting tooth and nail to be disassociated with that movie when everybody knows it as the movie with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. <laughs> no, it's like when you see covers of Leprechaun, like, Jen Aniston is still, like, 
yeah on the cover of it with it, her old nose and it's like yes. wow this is shady <laughs> take her it, off it's just a <laughs> giant picture of her face covered in green screen we talk so much about like you know Angelina Jolie and Jen and like we can talk more about the people behind Leprechaun and what they did to Jennifer Aniston that's I, far worse than taking your husband like this is bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I know yeah this is like for sure Jack Black wanted this off his he didn't want anything to do with this and rightfully I mean this is like <laughs> it is so cringy like and by the way when I was little because this movie came out when I was like nine or ten I used to think that this is what I was like, oh, a classic pothead. Like this, this to mm-hmm. me at this time was like what it looked like to be like a drug addict. <laughs> yeah. Like if you like, when you take your first hit of weed, you just get like a Jamaican accent immediately. And you hold it in the back of your mouth and finish all your sentences like this. Like, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> He's like, it's all going to be okay, brother smoke the ganja and like it's so over the top and insane and it's like his presence in this movie is so random like he lit he literally pops up out of nowhere sometimes they'll be sitting by the pool and his body will just pop up out of the pool with like a bunch of blunts <laughs> in his mouth that are wet that he's lighting it's just insane he literally just materializes like out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does. And then he materializes weed in his mouth and is just like billowing smoke all the time. I mean, of course, and when he gets killed, there is like the over the top. Like um, he gets, how does it go? He gets like stabbed first in the hand mm-hmm. and then the killer is like looking for his weapon because there's like, for some reason, there's like all of these tools to kill him. When he's like, what do I, what do I want today? Right. He's like looking for it and the whole time. I'm pretty sure Jack Lash is like um, ad-libbing just like, no way, man. No, don't do that. Not yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I love too when he opens up his like grow area and he's like, these my babies. Look at my little babies. Have my babies. Ooh, my babies. It's like, wow, do you like weed by chance? I mean, it's probably the most accurate part of people yeah. like, who grow weed. Honestly, yeah. we just plant people in general. Like, eh, no, that's true. <laughs> yes. My little babies. Um, I play Beethoven for them so they grow. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> um, I also love, like, I don't know if I love this, but I just think that this movie has so many weird, like, there's so many interesting conversations involving race <laughs> around uh-huh. this movie yes. to the point that they literally have, like, a magical Negro, like, a, mm-hmm. a classic Wikipedia term magical negro in this oh my god yes for whatever reason knows voodoo he knows potions he's a clairvoyant he knows the future he is a he's wise beyond his years and for whatever reason he just pops up and knows everything and magic it's like okay and up until this point it's never been implied in the series that there's any supernatural elements in it (laughs) But like this guy, you're right, like literal magical Negro who like out the gate they're terrified of because they're like, we found his voodoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he must be the killer. Like this man is 80. No, he's not the killer. Like, <laughs> he is so old. <laughs> I know. He's like, follow me if you want to know the few. Like he's like, compl- he turns into like Otev or something. Like it is in sane that this old man is just in the basement of this this resort doing all kinds of potions and like 
like witch brews so like okay but the one thing the one part of this movie i've been quoting all week for no no reason no context is when um julie and carla realize like oh shit like we've been had like the whole the, the question about brazil was wrong and that's how we were brought here and he just appears and he's like brasilia so silly to me it's like <laughs> he has a couple of shadows and says Brasilia it's like what <laughs> oh my god and I love too when they're like when they're still playing with you it's like you really don't know who's good or bad and mm-hmm. he's with um he's with what that what's that random guy's name oh well uh, will and he's he's like where do we go now what do we do and he's like, we are not going anywhere. Like, he's so, <laughs> this guy's like in a different movie. You know what I mean? In his head. Yeah, yeah he's like the discount Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah. He's like, finally, my Sidney Poitier moment. <laughs> You're not going. Um, and to add on to that, there's also some really just interesting cliches like I don't know when you think about black people in horror movies it's like obviously you think about the fact that we always die very quickly and like mm-hmm. in a really just ridiculous way like like I said last week holding a Mountain Dew or something yeah and, and saying like oh shit and then we die yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no beheaded <laughs> very famously the only black character in scream three dies and says oh you motherfucker <laughs> um, and like you know there's always like that cliche but then yes there's also all these cliches and tropes like in that that people really talk about like not only in horror but just i feel like in these early 2000s like late 90s you know stacked teen movies specifically and I think when you look at Tyrell and mm-hmm. Carla, AKA Mackay Pfeiffer and Brandy, they have all the things. Like yes. Tyrell is this like brute, mean asshole and he's short tempered. And, and for no apparent reason either. Literally <laughs> no reason. He's just verbally ass- assaulting people. The whole- yeah, but the writer's like, he's a black guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's gotta be a little aggressive. Yeah, um, street. He's, <laughs> he's horny. Every all he wants to do is fuck, no matter what. Mm-hmm. There could be yep. bodies dangling next to him, and he still is gonna be trying to fuck Brandy. Um, he's a chauvinist, and he's just like a you know like a, a macho douchebag. Nothing else to his personality. Absolutely nothing else. And of course, his counterpart, like Carla, is just the sassy friend mm-hmm. like even like in the beginning like sassy well, well additionally black characters have no motivations or feelings apparently because like right. in the very beginning julie almost kills carla like she's she's <laughs> freaked out in the apartment carla comes home at night because she's getting ready to go to the nightclub <laughs> for her job and julie runs at her with like a knife they both scream and then she's Carla's fine with it. Like, there's no like, bitch, you almost killed me. It's just like, oh, girl, you need to come out with me to the, the nightclub. You need to get some dick. Right. It's like, it's like you almost died, Carla. <laughs> like, 
honey. And she would not have been like uh, prosecuted for it. Like you would have just died. And that would have been like it. Like Carla. But how funny is that moment? Do better. She's like, like Carla, for whatever reason, for like four minutes is walking very quickly in the shadows of the house. And then it's discovered like, oh, it's just Carla looking for a, a crop top in the, in the closet. Like, okay, why was she walking in the darkness and not like responding to anything? It's like, girl, put the light on. What are you doing? Turn on the lights, sis. <laughs> but no, yeah, she's like, you know, just very classic, like sassy black girl. She tells it like it is. And she also like dresses funky, of course, like yes she's a really funky like over the top sort of sexy style she's always showing her body and she's also like it's like she's there to be like like pawed at by her boyfriend the whole time like all he wants to do is fuck her the whole movie you know what I mean and it's just like such classic like and of course, it's like these are the only, these characters have to date because they're the two black people. So they're going to. There's no of question of whether or not they'll be dating. You know that they are when you see them, and it just is what it is. It's just so silly. It's very silly. Um, and then even like the way she relates to Julie is like, it's. So I have friends of very different races, assortment of race races. <laughs> Sounds like I'm like collecting people. <laughs> I have like, I have all of the colors, but like I have a lot of different friends that are pretty diverse. And yes, race comes up, you know, in the relationship, it happens if you're close enough. But another thing that happens a lot with these late nineties, early 2000s movies is that like, it's always like, there always has to be like a weird race joke at some point that I'm like, I don't know how often you make that. Like, so they're at the nightclub and uh, Carl's like, come on, get your girl, get your white butt out here and dance. And she's like, <laughs> Julie's like, have you seen my people dance? Like, I'm white, you're black. Like, it's very like, we get it. Like, <laughs> like why is this being talked about so much? Or like the tanning, like, oh girl, get your, get your skinny white butt in that tanning bed. You gotta have some color in your ass. Like, why? You pale bitch. <laughs> it's like, okay. You pale stupid bitch. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know what talks like this. And also, like, don't encourage your friends to tan. That's not good for them. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm literally crying. No, but it's the, like, real, the real killer in this movie was that tanning bed. I mean, can we talk? Like, I've never stepped foot in a tanning bed in my life, obviously, but I've never been more scared of one. Yeah. Um. But no, it's so true. Like all of the, all of the shit, like when that moment where she like snaps her fingers and she's like, have you seen our people dance? We snap our fingers. Like I can't, like, it's so embarrassing because I'm white. It's like, oh my God. Then of course, like Brandy is like body rolling and snapping and like, it's just like, God, like it's like the same person comes in and he's like the guy that writes for the black characters in every movie at this time. Like, yeah and he's also white right <laughs> so funny also speaking of speaking of brandy's funky fashion like i was realizing when i was watching this that you know 1998 is a weird time for fashion and it's hard to oh yeah look at something and say oh it's so 1998 because it's like a transition year mm -hmm. it's like the clothes are leaving the 90s so they're not really like typical 90s clothes but they're not y2k y2k clothes yet right it's like this weird in-between time like the style in this movie is insane i mean it is 
absolutely fucking insane. There's a moment where uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is supposed, when they're at the club, uh-huh. like her club hair is one of the craziest things I've seen on film to date. Like it was fucking insane. A lot of weird choices. And I think on top of the fashion thing that we don't talk about are the hair choices of this era. Because now I'm, think, I'm looking back, like, oh, I feel like I saw a lot of magazines, a lot of crimped hair, a lot of weird clips, just like, I don't know. I, I think every, every generation thinks their fashion is the best, right? but I have a hard time thinking anyone's going to look back at 2020 and be like, that was weird. I agree with that. I feel like, like people, I was thinking about that a lot too, like, because so much of what you see, I was thinking about the fact that like kids watch movies like this mm-hmm. and they try and interpret it. Like they love it. Like kids love early 2000s shit, right? Oh yeah, they're like really into it right now. They're obsessed with it. They love the aesthetic. They love the idea of people like having flip phones. Like it's all just such like a magical thing to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's funny. Like I was looking at like Brandy, Brandy's club outfit, for example. She was wearing these like, these red I don't even know what they were like corduroy (laughs) corduroy pants that laced up on the crotch and like a a half like floral shirt that like tied and I was like I can totally see some girl looking at that and being like chic as fuck I'm gonna copy this outfit from head to toe because to me it's not cringe but like we're too close to it for it not to be cringe yeah that's true because a lot of this stuff is making a comeback and it's Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm just also dreading the day when like low rise jeans come back. So oh my god! Like when I was a little kid, I liked them, but I also didn't expect my body to look like this when they came back. I was hoping <laughs> to my ass. I'm like, please don't do it. <laughs> like I need a mom jean, okay? Come on. <laughs> I've made many comments on this podcast before about like just really feeling so sorry for a lot of my friends having to struggle through low-rise jeans just like in everyday life not being able to bend over or pick anything up or sit down or anything you're gonna do like a full Manny Santos like (laughs) with like your whale tail or you're just like like, I'm not wearing panties baby I'm like oh she's 14 that's weird yeah (laughs) like my butt cracks out and blames like cool such a weird thing but no like the style is very 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 intense in this movie and on top of it it's like you also have to factor in that these movies like I look at them and I I I think of them as they're like pushing everything cool in our faces at the time like all of the cool music all of the hair like they're trying really hard to like sell everything everything is a billboard Mm mm-hmm everything is is marketing everything is to like sell a product you know what I mean like I'm like wow this is what we were wearing like okay Jennifer Love Hewitt's club hair let me just try and explain it it kind of reminds me of Romy Romy from Romy and Michelle's hair in certain scenes (laughs) it's like (laughs) okay the only way that I could describe it is that somebody took gel and they rubbed gel in their hands and got it in between their fingers real good. And mm-hmm. then they ran their their hands into her scalp and stopped and they pulled up and then released. 
and her hair is just sticking up off her scalp with gel and then it's just down like it just goes into <laughs> the air and then it's just flat it's so impossible to even try and describe yeah so i pulled up a picture just to like refresh my memory and there's like two little tendrils yes like just kind of but they're also kind of like up and out they're up and out it How is up odd. and out it's it's gelled up in the air and then it's flat why would they do that? It's so weird. That is so odd. Like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, they, they, they put like goose or something and just like, they, they gave up. Like, maybe they like needed to get like, we need Jen on set like immediately. So the hairstyle was like, ah, and just kind of like, just go. It just gets her out there and now we have it. She's like, just run this through your hair. Go, go, go. <laughs> oh my god well there's there's even like the um the bit later so when they're at in the bahamas and like oh like let's go down to the bar and like there's nobody there <laughs> that right. one bartender even like the looks then like okay we're gonna get dressed up and go down and it's like she's wearing like okay she has her hair up there's definitely like a like a, a claw or something in the back of her mm-hmm. head that's holding her hair up of course she's got her tendrils because mm-hmm. you gotta have your little tennies it's the night it's 98 baby of course um She's wearing like a like a light blue. It's like a it's a weird printed dress. It's like an Easter dress. Yes, that's what it is. It's very it's a pastel like kind of like Easter in the ninth grade, mm-hmm. maybe or like oh ninth grade like freshman year. It's ninety eight first dance. I mean, you you couldn't have said it better. It's very like you went to whatever department store dillard's or whatever and like it's definitely a delia's dress (laughs) yes it's a very delia's like (laughs) maybe wet seal if you were like that girl you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and she's she's got it and but like she's a college-aged gal so it's it's just it's very like um juvenile yes looking for her age i feel like that was like a very like that juvenile sort of baby doll look was very much like a thing like those little like like dresses and like cardigans that are an exact match like sets you mm-hmm. know and also weird little heels like yeah very odd heels like um there's a moment I think in that scene she's it's not a wedge and it's not a heel it's like a clog that's wooden Mm-hmm. And of course, probably has some like Asian inspired like dragon or something on it, like something really <laughs> stupid. And uh, it's like a cork wood moment. Like they all make weird noises, their heels. Yes. And but it's interesting though, because you juxtapose it with Brandy in that same scene. She's got like that floral like tie shirt up. So mm-hmm. it's, like you have like, Ju- like Julie's all like innocent looking and like sweet. And then like you right. have like her sexy black friend with her head. She's a headband too, which is also odd yes like a headband at night why (laughs) yeah like she's like fully dressed for sunday service (laughs) oh my god yeah you know now i'm like really looking at some of these outfits but then you have this say they're telling us stories a story with fashion because this is before everything turns to shit this is before she's singing karaoke and she realizes like she's being stalked right because you know she has her little innocent easter easter dress 
But then later on, when the killer is on the loose, she's got like that white blouse and it's like buttoned all the way down and she's yes. wet and like her boobs are out. And it's like, oh, like she's <laughs> lost her innocence, y'all. Like she's, you know. Yeah, I always love that. Girl. I love like, that. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's because it's her final girl look. Like, I mean, you, I think we talked about this. I love, like, sort of figuring out what the final girl look is going to be. You can always tell there's a moment in every horror movie where, the like, they have to either change or they, like, rip, you know, like, the bottom off their dress or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this is going to be my final girl look. And it's something that's, like, sexy, but also something they can, like, be active in and do stunts yeah so it's like she decides that her like in the middle of all these people dying and like she decides to go put on like a look (laughs) so she runs up to the room and puts on like a skin tight white blouse only two buttons done oh yeah Mm -hmm. her whole entire chest is out which is like she looks so good and she's wearing this like she like put on like a, a a lace black bra underneath (laughs) <laughs> and she's wearing it with like athleisure pants so that she can like run around it's amazing it is so amazing and you know as someone who like loves horror movies so much I never really thought about the final girl look but now I'm like yeah yeah like your shirt's a little slashed maybe the killer got you a little bit so you like a little like your shirt's mm-hmm. a little ripped up but, like mm-hmm. but not too ripped it's kind of like chic <laughs> right exactly it's just enough to look like an aesthetic like a survivor aesthetic oh my god and your hair has to be wet have to be wet I mean which is why they can never let us have a black final girl because I'm like okay right? in what universe are you getting my hair wet for this movie how much you paying me not that much <laughs> <laughs> and they also love to put Jennifer Love Hewitt in a tank top for obvious reasons they oh yeah in every other moment I mean in between each scene she mm-hmm. is walking in slow motion towards the camera in a tank top and she somehow manages to get her boobs to bounce walking slow it's really amazing um, it really is a skill that you yeah it's like my new my new found quarantine hobby is just <laughs> like the jennifer love hewitt like boob walk yeah because you can very much tell that this is pre-butts right oh yeah this mm-hmm. is like before jennifer lopez like introduced butts to white people <laughs> so <laughs> nobody cares about butts yet and like Jennifer Love Hewitt has a great butt. Have you ever seen Heartbreakers? I have. So I I always make the argument that I think Jennifer Love Hewitt literally invented the Kylie body. Ooh. In that movie, her body is like Kylie's times 20, but all real. She's a great big giant shelf ass. But in this movie, they don't care at all. She is wearing thick, big high-waisted. <laughs> mom pleated like yoga pants that are wide and they are like I mean they look like like true sleep pants like for real she's running around in like some aeropostal fleece sleeping pants (laughs) but you're so right because now I'm thinking back when I was watching the movie of course noticing Brandy's wagon I think right. I also noticed Jenner. I was like, oh, damn. Like, okay, she's got a butt too. But you don't, like, you see it quickly. It's not like, it's not like a male gazy moment. That's reserved for when she gets in the tanning booth and they, like, do the full body, like, up and down, like, yes. you know, in her bikini. But, yeah, they don't focus on her butt at all, but it's there. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> like, real zoom in moments on her butt or whatever. Um, 
which is like, you know, they zoom in on her boobs pretty much the whole time. So it's like, well, I guess they just didn't care. Um, Weird. Oh my God, this is fascinating. And I have found a still, of course, of her in the cemetery doing the, what are you waiting for? With like her boobs out and her top. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also talk about the fact that this is in fact a, it's a holiday horror movie, but nobody ever really talks about it being, a, it's, it's not known as a holiday horror movie, but this is a 4th of July horror movie. It is. Both of them are. Yeah. And you never hear people mention that this falls into the category of being technically a, a holiday horror film. But you see, I feel like if you're if you're doing a horror movie that takes place in the summer, it just becomes like a, a summer movie. Like I think of it just as a summer movie because like right, it's it's not. I don't know how to explain it, but like even horror movies that come out around Halloween I don't see them as Halloween movies they're just like a horror movie that came out at an opportune time like I don't right. think of very many movies that are like specifically Halloween movies I think it's like because they're two time periods or times of year where I expect there to be a horror movie almost like a summer like well, oh yeah they're at camp they're like on vacation they're getting murdered or like oh it's like Halloween like oh something's happening like I don't know like I don't I think it's hard to pull that off you know yeah. It's got, I mean, it has to be because it's just funny. It's like, there are certain movies that I, I look at and I think like, yeah, that is a very obvious, like that's a holiday horror film. But mm-hmm. this one, even though they talk about the 4th of July the whole time, you don't ever really, I don't know. Nobody ever says like, let's watch. I know you did last summer for the 4th. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, that's a, let's start it. I'm gonna start doing Can that we? every fourth. Like usually the fourth, I watch the Patriot. I know problematic, but I watch the Patriot just because you know I need a little dose of <laughs> bullshit patriotism. But maybe from now on, we just watch. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah, like it is sort of the. I I don't know any other Fourth of July. By the way, I just sent you a gif of Jennifer Love Hewitt's Kylie body. Oh, um, the email or no? I I texted it to you. It's like, oh, okay. it, it, you cut the head off, it's Kylie walking into a restaurant. Oh my God. Can we talk? Oh, damn. Okay. Wear a little pink dress. Go ahead, right? girl. <laughs> like, Jennifer Love Hewitt had, she was like the body and we, ne- we didn't talk about it we, enough. We never, we didn't talk about it. Like, uh, or not enough. Or we Just... don't talk about it enough when we think of like, girls of that era. Like, yeah, I'm like, shoot. She's hot. Like, she is everything. Made me think I was straight, maybe, in 1998. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, what else did I write in my notes that I found interesting about this movie? Oh, well, we have to talk about the plot. Oh, yes. Hello? Like, <laughs> maybe we should talk about the movie. Um, <laughs> Forgettable. <laughs> listen, here's what I say. This is what I wrote on my notes as I was trying to be positive. I said the sequel is consistent with the original and the fact that the plot is insane and overwritten and makes no sense. Plot holes galore, starting with the fact that it revolves around a fake radio contest that felt so over the top and such an insane thing to orchestrate. I mean, what? So I don't remember when they, um, when the radio station calls them, which is also like 
since when is the radio called you? Like you say, you call into the radio. Okay, sure. Sure, Jan. When, um, when the guy calls them, are they on, like, are they also listening to the radio when they're on the phone? Or are so, they just on the phone? I don't remember. <laughs> so they, the radio station calls their house phone. And then Brandy tells Julie to turn the radio on so that they can hear <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, so it's as stupid as I thought. Because now I'm like, I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe I'm just like, I'm just overthinking it. Okay, no, they definitely put the radio on. So I'm like, so wait, 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 wait. So this is an actual radio station. <laughs> so that they seem to know because they're like, we love WPG, whatever, the thing, the sign off. So I'm like, so did Will, or is it to believe that he like, does he work at the station or better yet, which I, I like this idea more. He spent the past year since his father was almost killed, right. like really building a brand and really like from the ground <laughs> up building the station up. So that they could eventually, <laughs> the college students love it. Like it's like the local college like station. So they can get to this point where he can eventually call them just to send them on this bullshit trip. Just to send them on a trip where he can kill them. Where it is, it is like, what? Who was smoking what? Who was smoking what? Cause it is like, what? It's truly asinine. Like the more obvious thing would just be like, they're college students and it's summer. They just go on a trip and maybe yeah. Will is the one who like, is like, hey, you know, my family's got this house or we used to go to this place. We loved it. Like, and then they go there like, as opposed to like, <laughs> hey, we know they're going to call <laughs> call this radio station. They're going to ask them this geography question that we're going to broadcast. And someone's going to hear that question and be like, they didn't get that right. I mean, can we talk about that? <laughs> like, it's Brazilian. <laughs> like... <laughs> Nobody at one point ever in the movie up until the very, very last second, like, and lets them know that the answer was wrong. I mean, nobody, no, nothing, everybody listening to the radio was just okay with them getting the answer wrong and winning a trip to paradise. And like here, realistically, I think Brazil is one of those countries that when, if you ask them on the capital, they will say Rio and I can't mm-hmm. blame them. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like Australia where like everyone's in Sydney, but it's like Canberra. And I'm like, where the fuck is that? Who goes there? But like, right. it exists. Like I get it, but it's, it is odd that like no one at any point or they didn't tell anyone else like, oh my God, we got this like trip. They asked us what the capital of Brazil and they're like, we said Rio. And the person's like, it's Brasilia. Or like. Brazil. Yeah, like you know, like no, yes. no one ever said this. Like, <laughs> but you know, it's America, the American school system. So why everybody thought the wrong answer? <laughs> I mean, especially look, especially if you go in your pantry and pull out your Brazilian coffee, and the only the only word on the coffee ground is Brazil. So of course that's what you are bound to think. I love that. That's how she got the answer. She was like, "Wait, I have coffee from another country." Hold on a second. And then she opens the cabinet and it just so happens to be some like Brazilian coffee bean. Like what? And also it's the assumption that wherever the, the coffee bean comes from must be the capital. Like, I don't think it's worth it, Like, no. Oh my God. Insanity. Like, I like to think like someone is um like, I don't know, somewhere in like another country. Let's say they're in Poland similar scenario like 
name the capital of the United States. And they just go rummaging in their, in like their pantry and they find like some cheese and they're like, huh, it's uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Like, yeah, it has to be. It says another cheese. It's where cheese is from. Okay. Cheese is from America. Wisconsin. Like, and they're okay. like, you're right. You're going to the Bahamas. <laughs> That's all it takes. Gear up, kids. All expenses paid. You leave tomorrow. It's like, okay. <laughs> so dumb. So then we get like, um, we we get, I guess, the reintroduction of this this guy who, by the way, we still don't. This killer that we still not even his son, but like, the older guy, we don't know anything about. Like, nope. We don't know why he's supposed to be scary. He's just some. And he's very southern. Ah, Julie. I'm back, Julie. Like it, he went like, like full Creole. Cajun. Like. <laughs> he like left Bonton from True Blood to kill Julie. And <laughs> he sounds like um, what's his name? Like Renee it was like the first season killer, the serial yes. killer. He sounds yes. just like him. <laughs> All right, baby. Come on, Julie. Like, <laughs> I'm back. Julie, make sure when you kill somebody, they're dead. And he's always like smiling at her with a really big smile. Like, I don't understand him at all. I don't know. I don't get him. I mean, it's like you said, it's why this killer is not memorable and does not stand the <laughs> test of time. Because it is so like, what is his deal? And also just kind of silly. The fisherman, like one point when they're at the nightclub and Julie's like, you know, they have the strobe lights, lights going. So that's traumatizing but she like looks up and she's like a fisherman just standing on the balcony and it just looks very silly like <laughs> it's like why why did he break what is the need for his slicker you know it's his, it's his look it's his fit um julie has her final girl outfit this is his outfit <laughs> i love that he brought his slicker to the bahamas yeah he knew I like live. it's hurricane season he's like yeah get wet. <laughs> I'm get rained on um and i will say one of the most to me, like, none of that stuff matters. Like, I don't care at all about the killer, which is insane. I don't care about the plot. The thing in this movie that really frustrates me is I hate this trope, and I always hate it in every movie. I hate that she's supposed to look crazy the whole time, and they just run it into the ground of them being like, Julie, gosh, Julie, you're at it again. <laughs> Like, she did just have, like, nine people die in her life. Like, all her friends died. She was almost murdered. Mm -hmm. And they're acting like she's, like, this lunatic because she's, like, having anxiety. Exactly. Which is why the scene down on the dock was so frustrating because... And why it was confusing, because I was like, well, how much do they know about what happened to her? Because they're acting in a way that implies that they, like oh she's fine like nothing's like girl what are you like you're tripping and it's like mm -hmm. no but you so you know all the things yeah apparently except for like the additional murders maybe right but you're really annoyed that she's like a huge bummer on this vacation yeah kai pfeiffer is like so you killed a guy and then you forgot to tell us that you didn't really kill the guy thanks julie <laughs> now he's after us now we have to go defend ourselves it's like what is happening well, she also didn't remember it because the plot is so confusing. I didn't remember it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I forgot too. Damn. Makai, like, relax. I mean, she saw his, his hand get cut off and they thought, well. Yeah, they plopped him in the middle of the ocean. And Brandy's <laughs> like, how could you not tell us every detail, Julie? Let's go find some weapons. 
which like, I don't know. I'm thinking, I, I guess if I were on like a resort, what would I get? I guess I'll go to the kitchen and just get some shit. But like, where, like, where would I realistically go to like get some weapons? Like, <laughs> where would I go now? I don't, I'm right here where I live to go get a weapon. Like from where? Like, <laughs> well, they do go to the kitchen and remember, remember because <laughs> Piper is like, shut the fuck up. Y'all hungry too. Look for some food. Shut the fuck up and eat. <laughs> like, okay. Like. <laughs> he goes full like Ike Turner. He finds cake and like or feeds it to everyone. It's like, why are you so obsessed to eat? Like, how are you hungry? Like, aren't you terrified what's happening? Right. The killer is currently trying to find you guys in this room. So. He's like, I'm gonna make a Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) I also honestly can't believe that they fully recreated the, what are you waiting for scene? Like they just recreated it. It was shocking. Isn't that crazy? shocking. I was like, do you guys really just do it again? Like, especially because that's like the most, like, I'm wondering, were they thinking that, like, you know, people, like, make fun of that scene, right? Were they just trying to, like, let's just do it again to give them, like, a good laugh? Or was it, right. like, a, oh, man, like, uh, Jen was just so good, you know, last <laughs> the way she did that scene, it was so believable. Also, she's really good at shaking those titties. Let's get her in there again. <laughs> like, like, I, I cackled when it happened. Because <laughs> like, then all of a sudden, even though they're out in the rain, her voice becomes, like, like, she's in a coliseum. Like, it sounds like she's a gladiator. And she's like, this is it. This is the final time. <laughs> she's like, what are you waiting for, huh? This is it. On my grave. On my way. Like, like having a full monologue out in the in the rain. And they're all just staring at her. It also reminds me that Anna Ferris like nailed it in the scary movie. Like movies doing it. Like she's so like it. She she captured the awkwardness of the screaming, the spinning, and then just like spinning, like it's yeah. so silly. Like who? Oh God, I don't know. So like, tonight we battle. <laughs> like this is like, like good. <laughs> what are you talking about? And she oh is she is like at that point. It's just what did they call it in the nineties? Jiggle TV. Oh yeah. It's just she's soaking wet. Her her shirt is unbuttoned way down to her belly button. She's randomly in JLo's green Grammy dress. And she <laughs> is just jiggling and bouncing and like just Peggy bundying the house down. I wonder how many takes she had to do for that scene. Oh my God. Probably the, so many. Probably I'm sure the director was like, we still didn't get it. Uh, take 64 roll it boys but, but there's like no tape in it it's just like right. just watching her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like no just, one's filming it anymore <laughs> it's just them all using personal camcorders to film it themselves they're like take 72 um <laughs> and i just also love that like this guy like the guy billy blue's son or whatever <laughs> Whose name is clearly like his name is Ben Willis and the kid's name is Will Benson. It's like very obviously the son. And he's like Ben's son, get it? Like, yeah, he's what? like, don't you see, Julie? Don't you see Will Benson? Ben's son? It's like what what is this clue? What movie is this? He was giving us a full like um like Harry Potter, like what yeah. is this is his fucking name. Uh, <laughs> oh, Tom Marvel of Wordle. He does like the yes. magic and it's like, I am Lord Voldemort. It's like, oh man. <laughs> Dang it. 
don't you see now, Julie? She's like, no, I need you to fully explain everything a couple of times, Polly. I need you to like write it out. Like give me your full family tree. I don't get it. Yeah, she's like, oh, Benson. So you, okay, Benson. Like I wasn't really thinking that, okay. <laughs> don't you see? Um, <laughs> and then I love when she like finally does kill him when she kills the guy. And it's okay, like- Okay, I'm sorry. I remember <laughs> the way you're saying Julie. It came to me. I knew it was going to happen. Have you seen um, the next Karate Kid? Yes. (laughs) Hillary's like, is Julie the fucking guy from that movie? The weird, like, fascist, like, uh, military kid from the school. Yes. He's always like, hey, Julie. (laughs) Julie. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. Continue. (laughs) No. Sorry. I just had to gag and, and, um, Pause her microphone because I'm like laughing too hard. It's very that. I love that movie. Be <laughs> so good. Um, but when she like cartoonishly, it's like the end of this movie is literally Animaniacs. It is a full blown hand <laughs> drawn cartoon. She like when she shoots him, she's like just fucking die already, and he's like for some reason superhuman. He's been shot eighty times, and he's like. Ugh, uh, uh. She's also shooting him with like a six shooter and she shoots him eight times. Right. And we know it was already missing a bullet. So she's just like, I don't know how it's possible. But so many bullets. It's like a handgun machine gun. It's just like. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then he like cartoonishly falls into a, in a, a, a muddy grave. His face is still very blatantly moving because he's being rained on. So the actor can't pretend that it's not affecting him. He's like winking and. <laughs> scratching up he's his like nose. he's like kind of drowning a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's like just above the mud uh, <laughs> and it's just it just is the most cartoonish ending to this movie ever i mean it like it couldn't be more it's it is it's like looney tunes but also you think they would learn this man has trouble dying. So you need right. to get something to like, you need to dismember this man. Like, yes, cut off his head. Like, is resilient. He's bulletproof. <laughs> and I just love that she shoots him perfectly into her grave. <laughs> <laughs> his grave that he came out to the Bahamas to write Julie 1998 in red spray paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he falls in like um Billy in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. He's like <laughs> yawns and just falls. <laughs> Julie lies here. Uh, <laughs> um, and then of course, like the funny thing about these movies is that each time they end with her, it's like they they end with her and everybody being completely fine. Like, mm-hmm. whenever the killer's dead, she, like, it cuts to a scene that's, like, sepia-toned. It's beautifully lit of her, like, skipping and being like, <laughs> I'm getting the mail. <laughs> My life's so good. <laughs> we bought a house. Yeah. <laughs> we have a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, keeps looking at Freddie Prince Jr. while he brushes his teeth. And he's, like, she's so charmed by him. Yeah. He's got some nice teeth. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess we should, I should mention that Freddie Prince Jr. does, again, Zorro his way 
I mean, and this one is like more so of like a Kill Bill thing because he's going through, I mean, he has chartered a boat. He's sold his <laughs> the ring. He found a gun. He, I mean, he's all over the country gathering the tools that he needs to get to Julie on in the Bahamas. And then he shows up and does n- not shit. He shows up after all that. He doesn't know how to shoot the gun. Nope. He gets the shit beaten out of him and that's it yep. he didn't do anything to help at all <laughs> i mean i guess he brought a gun oh, he was there he was there <laughs> he was there to hold her at the end but he promised to be there so he was there that's what matters like yeah. she should have chewed him out after he shows up and after she killed everyone she'd just be like but like my guy you did nothing <laughs> like why what do you was keep- the point showing up to just get beaten up like I, now i'm saving you like i have to save just you disappoint me <laughs> yeah. um and just guess what and they and they still end up together it's like that stupid how it started like what it is now meme that's happening right now and it's like right yeah how it started and it's like him showing up late to the fucking climax and then then they're just brushing their teeth together later and they're happy <laughs> like, yeah they're just homeowners they're homeowners and she's in another <laughs> a nice clean tank with no bra. Um, and he's enamored by his electric toothbrush, which I guess in 98 was like a revelation. I guess that was new. I guess yeah, it would have yeah. been. My teeth have never been so clean. He's like, I love this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that I love about this movie or that I feel like I need to get off my chest before we we bury it in a grave march julie 1998 i mean um, of course it pulls the same thing it did in the first which is oh yeah uh-oh like killer still is which in my head i'm like she just has ptsd and she just keeps having these dreams over and over again that's what it is right yeah i figured it's like he's definitely dead like come on now like because i mean they 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 do that with the first one and then they retcon it at the beginning of this to be like oh you're having those dreams again like was it just like the one in the shower and it's like oh okay so like we have to explain away how the killer it keeps popping up but that's what i figured is that she's just having these terrible dreams still so yeah that's what it feels like it feels like she's dreaming and i think that they also just like to come up with any excuse to get her to scream again yeah because she's such a great scream so they're like we got to get in like one last good jennifer love hewitt just wailing into right into the camera i just love it it was just like she checks the mail sees her like first mortgage payment and then screams and ends (laughs) (laughs) that's it it's like she just (laughs) is an adult and then she screams (laughs) (laughs) oh my god literally she gets like a letter from the contractor and we will never know what it says um (laughs) i mean that all being said as much as we just ripped this movie's asshole apart, I love it. I will watch it again. Oh yeah. At some point, probably the 4th of July. <laughs> and, you know, I applaud Brandy for being in a horror film. I wish more people talked about it. Um, I don't know. I just, I love this movie. I, have you ever seen the third one? No, I have def That one, I don't forget it. I definitely have not seen that movie. <laughs> I've heard many, many people say that it's the worst horror movie that they've ever tried to sit through. Like, genuinely. Ooh. 
Well, now yeah. you have to see it then, because that's yeah. that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like a straight to Hollywood video moment. Ooh, I love that. Um, well, yeah, I guess, do you have anything else that you want to add about this, uh, this iconic canon <laughs> film? Listen, if you, if you got through this entire episode and you like, ha- but you haven't somehow seen the movie, like go see it. Like it actually is, mm-hmm. it's on Showtime right now. Um, it was so fun. And I think it's great for like, similar to the first one. If you're not a huge horror fan, I think this one's like perfect. It's just a fun, it's a fun time. Yeah, this is, that's a good point. This is a really good horror movie for somebody that isn't really into that whole thing because it's mostly like a teen drama but this just so happens to have like some horror elements to it and and yeah it's just Mm -hmm. fun it's just like 90s fun it's really 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 fun to watch and once it picks up like once the the things start happening it's just it's just moment after moment of like some cliche fun horror moment yes absolutely well tell people where they can find you and your podcast and all the things um i'll plug my twitter i'm on twitter um i do comedian things sometimes <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna claim it. i'm a comedian and i'm on twitter yeah my, my handle is s-e-y underscore anything that's say underscore anything um i also have two podcasts um one is we die first it's a horror podcast which we will have troy on very soon i'm going to talk to you about when you're coming on because you have to come on yay um, yes um we die first find it wherever you listen to podcasts and of course um along with the solid listen network everybody wants something it's a degrassi podcast we're about to close out junior high so check it out oh my god you guys are about i can't believe that you are about to close out of junior high like i can't even believe that you that's like such a wild accomplishment it's insane that's but i'm like crazy it's so crazy but i'm so excited because high is gonna be so so fun oh my god well Thank you so much for doing this with me. At any moment, if you want to come back and talk about a horror movie uh, through October, you are more than welcome to. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Of course. I will talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.